Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma and I'm Gabby (laughs) and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Oh, man. Um, Doesn't help that I've got a cold. Also, (laughs) I sound like I'm crying more because I've got a cold. Oh, hi, guys. Hi. Yeah, it's the... It's the final one. It's the one. For now. For now. For now. For now. Yeah. It's ciao for now. Yeah, I think we'll... It probably won't be until next year that we come back. Mm. But we will be back. We will be back. We should start by saying that. Yeah. I'm feeling kind of emotional. Totally. It's weird. It is weird. We've been recording every week for the last... Over a year, because we started... We didn't launch until the 7th of August, but we started recording in June. Yeah. So we've been speaking to each other every week for over a year. I feel so emotional. I know, and now we're stopping. I've got to stop saying I feel emotional, but I do. (laughs) It's an emotional time. It's just going to be... I'm going to have to get friends again because <laughs> you're have so much time, time except you're not actually gonna have that much time <laughs> i'm gonna have loads of time what the fuck am i gonna do what are you gonna do i don't know start seeing people doing yeah i'll talk to other people about what's going on i'm gonna have like i, I, I might start writing yeah because i don't have to good. edit yeah i might start i, I might take up a hobby <laughs> we are still gonna be friends though yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to see you. Yeah, I, I like, hope to remain friends. Like, I think our, our daily WhatsApp conversations must continue. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll update you on what's going on in my vagina <laughs> same, every day. Same, mate. Same. Don't worry. I'm going to leave out <laughs> any details. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe this. I know. I, do, I think I worked out. Oh, I looked at iTunes the other day and we're getting to number 49. Oh, that's... I think this is number 49 of the podcast. Well, actually, that that does make me... Remind me that we wanted to ask you guys what you thought about um, a a kind of special extra episode about birth. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Is that something you guys would like? Or should we just shut the fuck up about it now? Please let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, We just thought we'd do a kind of half-hour 
like Gabby interviews me. Update. About it. Yeah, update kind of vibe. Yeah, I suppose if, if enough people are interested in, in us doing that, we can we can do it. Yeah, but we also don't want to shove it in anyone's face. No, so. equally. Um, opinion has been divided about our pregnancies, so maybe divided about this as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll yeah. see. Um, but, you know, it would be an, a bonus yeah. episode. It's not It's not part of this. We need to find a way to do a poll, really, don't we? Like, yeah. Do you want it or do you not? An Insta poll, maybe. Insta poll, yes. But then that limits us to people who follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Because we've got 15,000 listeners and, what, nearly 6,000 followers on Instagram? So Not quite the full batch. Yeah, it's not even half. Um, Well, yeah, let us know, I guess. Get in touch via email. Yeah. And tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, By all means, tell us to fuck off. Absolutely, that is allowed. Yeah, but not in a mean way. No, No, no. In a kind of, like... Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, so for our final episode, we have got a kind of a really cool a celeb. We do have a celeb. We've got a celeb. A celeb. Legit. You know, celeb. right. Um Lisa Faulkner. Yes. Of Holby City and EastEnders. Yeah. And Celebrity Gogglebox. She's on Celebrity Gogglebox. She is on Celebrity Gogglebox. Oh my god. I know. And she's going out with John Tarot. She is. F- engaged to engaged to and she does loads of cookery stuff and she's written a book and she's written a book which is why we have been talking to her and that book is called meant to be meant to be and um it's basically it's like it's quite interesting because half of it is kind of about her journey yeah and half of it is about adoption yeah so her, well, that's, in- her that's... infertility journey yeah um so yeah um it she yeah, she went through IVF. Um, she chronicles that with great detail, I would say. It's very yeah. emotional. She captures it really well. Yeah, she does. And then moves on to adoption. And I think it's it's a story that I think a lot of our listeners will probably appreciate. I know, yeah. you know, because, you know, adoption is at the, bo- at the back of a lot of people's minds when they're going through this. So it's good to read read a story that's that ends up well. You know what I really liked about it is how much research she did. Like she just she really looked into all the different ad- adoption options. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was you know when we had Sophie Solaria on, she yes. done she done yeah, loads of research yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, Because yeah. I remember like during towards the end of like after my third cancelled round, I was mm. like fuck, like this is never going to happen. Mm. So I started researching adoption. There just seemed so much. I was like freaked out by it. Um, but she. There's it, the book actually really lays out your options. I mean, I don't, I don't think she meant to like make it a practical guide, no. but she does like show what she went through to kind of reach the decision she reached. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it's just it's just a really nice book. It's really good. I definitely recommend everyone goes out and reads it. It's got um, a lovely cover as well. It does have a good cover. Shouldn't, shouldn't be judging books by covers. But no, no, no. But it is very good. Yeah. And then we're speaking to Professor Tim. We are. We're chatting to Professor Tim about um, catching a cold during IVF. Which seems appropriate. It does seem appropriate, doesn't it? Because listen to me. <laughs> um, but obviously, we're not talking about catching a cold at any other time other than kind of when you're going through the IVF process. Yeah. Um, so, yep, yeah, he's going to lay bare on that one. Uh-huh. And, um, and then we'll have our usual waffle at the end we will actually it's quite long it's quite a long waffle yeah it was the last one so I think yeah we, uh, so we really <laughs> went for it <laughs> oh dear 
Um, and yeah, and but we also, because we are obviously taking a break for a while, we wanted to, um, I don't know, we wanted to reach out to some of our previous interviewees. Yes, we did. And see if they might have something to say to you guys. Yeah. To kind of encourage you and keep you, keep you G'd up. So here's some, yeah, here's some advice from our previous guests. And some just funny words. <laughs> Hi there, it's Kat here, aka Trying Years. The thing that I learn over the years trying to conceive is that it's okay to have what I now call an emotional detox. So if you're feeling shitty, if you want to cry, if you want to feel sorry for yourself or lock yourself away from everyone for the day, that's absolutely fine to do. By getting rid of all of those feelings, the sadness and the negativity, we're making room for the positivity and the strength and giving ourselves the opportunity to find everything we need to take on the next challenge that we might face, whatever that might be. I wish you every success in your journey trying to conceive. I know how difficult it is, but good luck, everyone. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Emma. And hello to all the BFN listeners out there. Um, This is Hannah Vaughan-Jones, and I've been asked to give some words of encouragement. What I'd really like to say to everyone is that you are the best judge of what is right for you right now. It doesn't matter how many consultants or experts that you see, you know what's best for you and your body and your relationship or this time in your life. If you want to take a break from treatment, then take a break. If you want to plow ahead into more treatment, then go for it or do acupuncture or whatever it is, go for it. But also don't feel guilty about not going for it. If it's not right for you, that's all totally fine. And I would say as well, and I had to remind myself of this every single day, and this is without trying to sound too sort of melodramatic about things or sentimental, but life is really short. Um... And we only get one spin on this planet. So try in the in the depths of your despair or in the heights of your happiness, try and take a moment just to love the people who love you and who are around you and to find those things that make your spin worthwhile. And I wish everyone so much luck and love um, through what is, you know, let's face it, a really difficult trying time for so many of us lots of love and um, I hope to see to speak or see as many of you as possible soon bye-bye hi I'm Katie aka uber barons club on instagram and twitter if you're struggling with infertility just know that you're not alone whatever it is that you're going through whatever it is that you're thinking or feeling Just know that someone else has been there. Someone else will be going through the exact same thing and they will have thought and felt the same as you. This is a club that none of us asked to join. Um, We're part of a sisterhood of some of the bravest, funniest, most kick-ass women you could ever wish to know. If you're already listening to this podcast, you'll have heard the stories of many such women, including your two wonderful hosts, and you'll know that you don't have to do this alone. Find your tribe online. Find a support group. There's so many women and men out there who understand and empathize with what you're going through infertility is the shittest roller coaster ride imaginable it can be deeply traumatic desperately unfair and it's utterly unrelenting but in this community we can support each other through the ups and the downs and i know i've personally found tremendous warmth and humor and camaraderie along the way 
and I've had the privilege to get to know some really amazing people, including the wonderful Emma and Gabby. So much of the focus in infertility is about our ovaries and our wombs, but really the most important thing to look after is our hearts and our heads. There is no right or wrong way to do infertility and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Just do whatever you need to do to take care of Project You as well as Project Baby. And know that there's a whole ton of women right beside you. Good luck to you and lots of love. Keely here, aka trying to be a mum. My words of encouragement are keep smiling, keep laughing and keep doing whatever makes you, you. Take it easy, guys. Hi, it's Jessica Hepburn. I just want to send a massive kiss to Emma and Gabby um, to say thank you so much for all the work that you've done over the last uh, year for the Trying to Conceive community. Um, Your podcast has been amazing. I've loved being on it and I hope you'll be back soon. Um, Loads of love. Thanks. Bye. Hi everyone at Big Fat Negative and all your listeners, it's Meg Matthews from Meg's Menopause. Um, I know that Emma's taking a bit of time off work. Anyway, as you can imagine, I'm sitting here in, I'm very one lucky lady actually, I am sitting here in a very well air-conditioned room, so I'm not in the heat. Um, And I'm just wanting to wish you all the best girls and let us know when you're back on air. All right, listeners and everyone out there, loads of love. Bye. We aren't going to be leaving social media. No, we're going to stick there. We're going to do... Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll know that we do hashtag fuck infertility Friday. Yeah, we do. We'll be sticking with that. We will. We'll probably be um, giving you some quotes from some of our favourite podcasts that we've done. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll be posting some selfies. Yeah, and if you follow us personally, I think well, not having this outlet to talk about my journey, yeah. I probably will hit that more on Instagram now. So if you want to know what's going on with me going forward, understandable if you don't. But if you do, you can get follow me on at BFN Gabby. But don't, because she's got enough followers already. (laughs) God, this still continues. Yeah, I'm never going to not be bitter about that. Um, And if you want to know what's going on with me, and I will probably post a picture of the baby when it's born, um, at BFN Emma. And obviously the podcast, if you want to follow us on Instagram. Is at Big Fat Negative. On Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. On Facebook. Uh, Big Fat Negative. Or obviously email us to let you know all your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and we will still be checking all this stuff, so please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and just to let you know, we've had a couple of emails recently, like seeking medical advice, which we can't really give you. Yeah, a little bit. So, but we we like hearing from you. We do. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, we'd love to keep hearing from you during our hiatus yeah absolutely I mean, you know we've got a pro- couple of projects up our sleeve um it might be a bit of a christmas shindig yes so just just watch out follow us on all those things and we'll we'll give you a shout and um and obviously without our podcast to keep you going on a tuesday there are other infertility podcasts yes. that you should listen to yeah fertility podcast yes um you should listen to Alice Alice Rose Alice Rose is coming back with her podcast TTC Life Raft is coming back um and then if you're um if you have got pregnant then you can listen to Kat Strawbridge's Finally Pregnant podcast yep yep 
Um, there's loads out there, just search. But guys, we'll miss you. We will miss you. Um, we'll miss you a lot. This is this is really quite hard. This has been a, an enormous part of our lives for over a year. Yeah. And it's going to be weird and sad. It is going to be weird and sad, but we'll be back. We will be back. We'll be back with a slightly different format, but we'll be back with all the experts and interviews and us making inappropriate jokes. And God, you'll miss that, won't you? <laughs> Heaven knows we'll all miss that. We'll yeah, be talking we'll... about jizz. We'll be talking about vagas. We'll talk about everything you want to talk about. We might even drop the odd C-bomb. Oh, yeah. Um, but until then, have a really great time. Good luck to everyone that's still on the journey. We are thinking of you and we are rooting for you. Massively. And you all have the support of each other as well. So don't ever forget that. And um, and yeah, best of luck to everyone. And we, yeah, we'll miss you all. I'm going to cry. Oh, God. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy. such a cool we're in a proper podcast room yeah it's so professional fantastic you can hear from the sound i'm listening to headphones and like <laughs> so proper good yeah, sounds so proper um but we always start off by asking people about their journey okay um so in a kind of nutshell can you tell if us possible. a bit about yours <laughs> yeah i mean it's got a lot of twists and turns it has yours. got a lot of twists and turns i think the nutshell is that i didn't ever think that I was desperate to have children. I just thought they were going to come. Mm-hmm. When the clock started ticking, it became very loud, very, very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And then I tried, we tried to have a child. I had an ectopic. We started doing... I lost a tube. Started doing Clomid. Then did RUI. Then did IVF. Yeah. Then looked at... Um, all sorts of other ways of having babies. I looked at surrogacy. I looked at adoption abroad. I looked at almost adoption in America, which was like buying babies. Mm, and then yeah. I came full circle to England and I adopted my daughter. Who's now 15 and we just met her? 13. 13, But sorry. looks, I mean, looks 15 <laughs> to 17. She's taller than me, but yes. We just met her and she's just great. She's yeah, lovely. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To kind of delve back in, probably closer to the beginning of your journey, um, you obviously had an ectopic pregnancy yeah. and when you describe it in the book you talk about um, your kind of shock and kind of saying can't you just move it Yeah, like isn't that something we can do nowadays and I think that's a real thing because obviously it's, it's so know, much worse because it's I don't, I don't think that anybody nobody really explains ectopic pregnancies no. until you have one Yeah. so I'd never heard of the word I'd found out I was pregnant I was so happy and you'd had you'd been trying for a while i've been you? trying for a while yeah. and we'd sort of done that thing of oh you know we're not telling anyone it's our secret yeah. but i was telling my friends and we're going to be so chilled about it yeah, yeah. you know and it's just going to happen yeah, yeah, mm. yeah and then it wasn't happening and i'd sort of started not drinking as much and yeah. changing my lifestyle a bit and then i found out that i was pregnant I was beside myself, so excited, went up to see my husband-to-be in Manchester and we were just beside us. Brilliant. And then a week later, I was at work filming and I collapsed. And 
I didn't know what was going on and I was so excited to be pregnant. And then when I got into the mm. ambulance, they I could hear this word, ectopic, ectopic, ectopic pregnancy. Um, but nobody would explain anything. Mm-hmm. And I had to have loads of scans before I, anyone would say anything. And then finally somebody said, it's an ectopic pregnancy. But because they said pregnancy, yeah. yes. I thought, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant still. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's fine. Mm. And then they said, oh, no, it means that the fetus is growing in the wrong place. It's growing in your tube. So, And I just went, OK, well, can't you move it? And I mm. really thought that with the fact that you can do IVF, yeah. I just thought, maybe they can just shove it up a bit more. I yeah. don't know. I just yeah. had no idea. And then literally while I was in hospital, it it got too big and I think my tube burst or something oh, had happened. Oh, I gosh. mean, literally within hours of being there, it was it was not good. That's so frightening. It was awful. And I had the most horrible doctor. Um, he was so mean. And I, bearing in mind that you're there going, I don't know what's happening. And he's probably looking at me thinking, well, you look young enough to have kids. Yeah, it's you fine. Can try again. You'll try again. It won't matter. And he said, how old are you? And I said, oh, I'm 32 tomorrow. I think it was 30, 31 or 32 tomorrow. It was the next day. It was my, before my birthday. Oh, that's and, a nice um, birthday present It was lovely. You. And he went, well, don't, you won't be having any cake because we've got to r- rush you in for an operation right now. That oh. was how he told me. Wow. And I was like, this is horrible. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was devastating. It was honestly one of the darkest, darkest times. And I had my best friend coming in to see me, and she was pregnant. Oh, mm. great! And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> can't, was, can't look at you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so really hard. hard. Am I right in saying that you were in a maternity ward as well for I the was, treatment? Well, at the beginning, luckily they then moved me to a oh, gynae ward, which was yeah. right next to it. But the beginning, when I was doing all the scan bits, and before I went to theatre. I was in a maternity ward and I could hear all these women and see all these beautiful, blooming, wonderful women. Mm. And then there was me. Um, And it was just, it was, I I can't explain it. I remember just taking, I had a a morphine thing that I could keep taking and I just kept pressing it. Yeah. Because I just thought, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that nobody sort of understands that. Well, they do. But the majority of the world yeah. don't understand that yes it was only a week 10 days that i'd known i was pregnant but in that week oh yeah i mean i'd i'd literally i'd had the baby i'd yeah. Sit, yeah. had it in my arms i'd planned everything yeah finally you've been yeah. able to do that and you just kind of let yourself go right yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm very familiar with that <laughs> feeling the, the kind of the child in mind yeah that exactly your bond that you've bonded with and that then just kind of vanishes in a puff of smoke. Yeah, and I, and uh, so many well-meaning people said to me, well, you've got one more tube, it won't make a difference, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to worry about it, you're young. And I was thinking, yeah, I get all that, but I don't feel like that at the moment. Mm, I just, yeah. that was my baby. I wanted that baby, yes. not a different baby. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, it's really, really hard. I don't think there's enough done on ectopic pregnancies really for people to explain because so many people I know then go come out the woodwork and say oh I had an ectopic oh I had an mm. ectopic you don't talk oh, about no, it no nobody yeah. talks about it same as miscarriage isn't it like, exactly just one story yeah. starts a tsunami of other stories yeah. because yeah. people feel yeah. confident to talk about it all like, of a sudden why didn't you tell me <laughs> anyway um, so you talked a little bit there about like the, the biological clock and how it started ticking yeah. I found that quite interesting because I never wanted kids <laughs> Did, you didn't never no never and then then your biological clock does start ticking. Yeah. And then you get that feeling of, 
am I not getting this because I didn't want it enough? Or like, yeah. do I, maybe I don't deserve this? Yeah. But what what was that kind of feeling of, can you kind of describe that feeling of it, it beginning to tick louder as you Yeah, I mean, going? I literally remember that I could feel myself going, oh yeah, we want a baby, we're going to do that. And yeah. I was sort of nesting in my new mm. home and mm-hmm. thinking, you know, it's all ready. Basically, everything's ready apart from me. I just need to have the baby. Um and my friends had all started having babies. Mm-hmm. And the ticking, I felt like I could suddenly hear it. Mm. I mean, it was suddenly like it sped up and sped up until it was deafening. Like in my ears, the only thing I could hear was, I want a baby. And yeah. my sister said to me, you never wanted children. Why, why, why suddenly do you want a baby? And I said, I don't know, but I do. And I thought, I, I've always wanted children. And she said, no, you didn't. You really didn't. Yeah. You were really not maternal you weren't like that I was always amazing like as in a great auntie and I Mm -hmm. loved my nieces but she said it it suddenly just switched something switched and I don't know what it was I mean obviously it's nature isn't it um but when once those hormones start I couldn't stop them I just couldn't stop them I think I love the phrase you used I think it was like biological clock ticking blindness yes like you just like you've got this singular focus and you can't see anything else Totally, totally. We have this thing, actors and actresses, that say there's a thing called show blindness, where when you're on a show, you suddenly fancy somebody just because you're working with them. And and you know that really, in the real world, you probably wouldn't fancy them. (laughs) It's called show blindness. Oh, wow. (laughs) So there's a a, um, biological clock ticking blindness that sort of happens to you, and you're just in this world of baby. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Clomid. So you did three rounds of Clomid. Yeah. Um, and we very briefly talked about that before we started recording, because same. Um, I mean, it's funny because we we always talk about Clomid as if it's not as big a deal as like IVF or anything like that. Yeah. But actually, emotionally, it really takes its toll, right? I I couldn't believe that such a tiny little pill could change me. Yeah. Mm. So much. I, I had no idea that I was going to turn within. I think a couple of hours, I felt like I was mental. Mm-hmm. I felt, that's such a bad word to say it, but you know what I mean? I just mm. felt like there was something not right with me. Yeah. And how I, I was so wound up. And the whole point is that you take it on day three of your cycle or something. Yeah. Do you know what? Two, I blocked it all between out. Between day two and five, I blocked it yeah. out completely. In fact, I had to really go back on my diaries to write about it. But... I, those, there was like three or four days of taking it and then you're meant to, you know, obviously then start taking, weighing on fertility sticks to see mm-hmm. when you're fertile and the last thing you want to do is have sex yeah. because yeah. you're so wound up and yeah. irritable and angry and this I don't know what, it, I, if I wasn't shouting and angry, I was crying mm. I yeah. was just an emotional wreck through clo- uh, through Clomid, yeah. And you feel really fat as well. I feel bloated. Really fat. I'm really bloated. You don't feel sexy. No, not at all. No. And I'd be literally like, right, come on, we've yeah. got to do it. We've got to mm. do it. We've got. And he, and he'd be like, okay, I'm coming home now. Uh, Bless him. Yeah, it's just it's such a because it's literally a pill. I guess we treat it like it's not as big a deal. Yeah. But that I think most people when they start taking Clomid, that's they're like, oh, well, this is the solution. And I think the thing was that uh, Clomid was set up to me as this holy grail. That, you know what, you're young, you work. Yes, you've only got one tube, but Mm. that doesn't make a difference. You can still get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I just thought, I'll take the Clomid, I'll be pregnant, yeah. everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I didn't realise that I was going to take the Clomid, have an emotional sort of breakdown, and I'm still not going to be pregnant. Yeah. And I think that it is, it's really weird because it is sort of seen as this thing of loads of people do get pregnant and their biggest worry is that they're going to have twins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how I wish. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a nice problem to have. Yeah. yeah how did, um, how do you, I mean, you might not remember because I know you've, um, kind of read your diaries but um, how did that compare to the IVF emotions because I haven't done both mm. I've only done IVF and I was kind of relatively calm on IVF drugs I felt yeah. is Clomid like worse I felt a bit I felt emotionally drained after each one yes yeah. but I didn't feel as erratic as I did with Clomid yeah. I, I have to say but I think after the third go, I think I was probably... I think I was pumped so full of drugs mm. and I was so full of distress and sadness and uh, uh, wanting that mm. I couldn't... You know, that mm-hmm. by then, I think that's when you sort of realise how, how much damage the drugs do yes, do to you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually... Were, um, your doctor told you to stop, right? Yeah, he did. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of his yeah. reasoning that you're aware of? Um I went to the ARGC to Mr. Taranisi, mm. who is my hero. Mm-hmm. I actually am going to send him a book today while I'm here because without him, I mean, for him to release me was quite an amazing thing. Yeah. But I still think out of all the people who could have got me pregnant, if I was going to get pregnant, he would have been the one to have got mm-hmm. me pregnant. He he is, he works tirelessly and he works all the time and he's incredible, even Christmas Day. So... So, yeah, he's amazing. But he did, after the third go, he said, at least I can do everything, but I can't do the magic. And Mm. the magic is what you need. And I can't do that. He said, so I'm going to let you go. It's so frustrating because they they didn't know what was wrong with you. you... He said he now... So I went back because the one thing I had completely blocked out was IVF. I didn't even write in my diaries, and I've written a diary since I was 11 years old, mm. up until I was about 36, and then I've stopped, which is really annoying. <laughs> I, and I still write occasionally. But, um, yeah, I, I, and I hadn't written anything about IVF. And it what must have been because it was so hard and because I didn't want to write down something and it not happen. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited each time. Mm. So I went back to see him. Um, when I was writing my book and I walked through the doors and it literally was like yeah oh my gosh it's like memory came back to me the people in the waiting room and the stairs and the nurses and they let me go down and see all the little rooms where they do the operations yeah egg transfers whatever and um, then I went up to see Mr Taranisi and he remembered me which was amazing and I hugged him and I cried and then I said when you said you can do everything but can't do the magic, what was the magic? Mm, why yeah. couldn't you do it? What? What? Why did you let me go? Because mm. you could have just made some more money out of me. Yeah. Um, and he said, now, he said it was definitely an implantation issue. He said you had one of your goes, you had the killer cells test, all of these yeah. different tests, and it came back and it was okay. He said, but each month what they'd realised now however many years on, 15 years on, that it all changes. So every month is completely different. So they should have done that same test every month. But what they'd done was go, 
Well, this time, it, last right. time it was fine, and it was about three thousand pounds. Oh, I can't wow. remember. Yeah. Maybe not that much, but it was it was a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, for each test. Yeah, yeah. So then he, um, <laughs> so he said he thinks it was implantation. I mean, almost to the point that there was a tiny part of me that went, "Don't say any more. Mm. Don't say any more." I'm forty seven. I don't want to be, you know, I'm yeah. very happy. Yeah. But you're sort of going, what, you're, you're trying to say that I could get pregnant. Yeah, now. yeah. so There's we would do things that, differently yeah, now. We would do things Should differently. We? <laughs> yeah. um, and he said to me, the other thing, Lisa, is that you were properly emotionally finished. And I said, did you see that? Because I thought I was presenting to the world that I was absolutely mm. fine. And he said, you weren't fine. You were done. And he said, and I see it on people, and I think that I can't. Then we're not we're not going any further. And mm-hmm. he said, and some people you go, oh no, we can do another one. But he said you weren't in that place. And he said also, usually, th- when people have had a lot of goes, they go to different doctors. And he yeah. said, if you've come to me, usually it's the last chance saloon. And if I haven't got you pregnant in yeah. three rounds, there's very little, right, that I can do. I mean, in, in hindsight, do you agree that you were emotionally just yeah, exhausted? Totally. And I didn't give myself time. And at Fertility Fest, which I did a couple of months ago, this woman was on stage, uh, was in the audience and I was talking and she said, how, how did you know when to give up? How did you know that you were done? Mm. And I said to her, I said, I didn't. I I thought that I was okay. Yeah. And I said, please, please, if there's one thing I can say to you is give yourself time. Because yeah. I didn't give myself any time. Mm-hmm. Between each round, I was like, mm. when am I ready to do a next one? I hated that I had to wait six months before I could do another yeah. one, you know. And I was just... I just wanted the process to speed up and all I could feel that was age wasn't on my side even though I was really like early 30s mm. but at the time I just thought well, it felt like time I, yeah, was slipping I mean, away time yeah. slipping away it's all my eggs are going I'm getting old I'm going to be a geriatric mother and I need this to happen and so I didn't stop I didn't allow myself a break mm. and nobody yeah. said to me stop whoa mm. you know you nothing yeah. I wish I wish that people had, but my sister said you wouldn't have listened. But then pe- no. people, like people, said that to me definitely. Maybe it's um, maybe it's time to just like take a bit of a break. And you're like, no, no, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. Yeah. I mean, also I think, you're like, I've waited long enough. Yeah. Why should I wait longer? Well, yeah. yeah. And I think we're also we we are in a world now where, as women, we can do absolutely anything, and we multitask, mm. and we get a great job, yeah. and we. If that job doesn't work out, we go, okay, so what am I going to do for the next job? And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to make money? And you're constantly doing everything and juggling everything and getting what you want. Yeah. And even to the point where you can go on Amazon and get something to arrive that evening, yeah. the same evening. We're so used to that click and getting yeah. it that when suddenly you're not getting it, and I know that sounds really petty, but it is a there is a tiny yeah. part of you that goes, I can get everything else. So why can't I get this? Yeah. I, there has to be a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, and that really was a, as well a, a big part of it. I think that we are so used to, especially the more sort of resourceful you are, the more yeah. used to getting things yeah. you are. Yeah, I guess that it's drummed into us, isn't it? Like the harder you work, 
yeah the more likely you are to achieve your goals and if you know if you've got control over most parts of your life to all of a sudden find out there's one that you really don't have control over it's yeah. just like what don't yeah. you understand yeah I mean, you talked, a, you talked a bit, um, and we talked a bit about time there and how it, it kind of warps. Yeah. I mean, this is what I found. And every when I was writing my book, my editor kept saying, well, what was the timeline here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know. Felt like years. I said, yeah, it was years. It was about seven years. And she went, no, it, it wasn't seven years. And I had to go back and actually it was about five years, I think, all in all. But those two or three years on two years I think on on IVF 18 months two years felt like forever mm-hmm. and your sense of time goes and mm. it is really weird it's a bit like mm. being on an aeroplane you know when you just lose all track of time yeah it's that sort of thing where it speeds up and slows down yeah. at the wrong times totally yeah um so I think interesting to know as an actress mm. you're obviously in the public eye mm. what was it like going through that process that kind of trauma kind of were you were you worried about being spotted at the beginning yeah how did you kind of manage it it was weird because I suppose I've been since I was about 19 20 I've been on the telly Mm. and so you sort of get used to ups and downs and certain times you're on the telly and everyone knows who you are and then nobody knows who you are and then people think they know you from down the road and you know you've got it's a weird thing that sort of status of vague fame um and when I went into the IVF waiting rooms it was really odd and I would just keep my head down and I thought I don't want to tell anyone because I don't want to fail and so when people started talking to me I found it quite weird because I didn't want to... I, at first, I was like, yeah! You know, the first round, I was chatting to everybody. Yeah. By round three, I was head down, just quiet, reading my book. And I remember looking at those people that were head down, quiet, reading their books, and thinking, God, they're moody. Yeah. But of course, they weren't moody. They'd just obviously been through it and realised that it's not a place, really, to make friends. Yeah. Because when the other people on your round get pregnant, you're like, oh, great. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um I don't know how I coped with it. I just didn't tell anyone. Mm. I didn't tell anyone. And then now I've got people saying, oh, I was in uh, with Mr. Taranisi when you were doing your IVF. I saw you in the waiting room and I've just read your book or whatever. Oh, my God. But, you know, those people didn't come up Mm. and say anything because I think they're all in the same boat. Yeah, Um, and you're probably grateful for that now. Yes, but I'm just pleased that that press-wise it didn't get picked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when... When did you decide it's time to start talking about it? About? About your, your journey. Oh, right. Like OK, when I started, I didn't start, actually, I didn't actually mention it at all until I had adopted. So once I'd adopted my daughter, I think I'd done an interview about two years later saying that I'd done some failed IVF. Mm. And um, I'd mentioned her. But I didn't really talk about it until my first cookbook came out and then I mentioned mm-hmm. I talked about it I did an interview and it wasn't then until years later so she's now 13 that I thought so it was last year I decided to write the book it was about 10 11 years on and I thought I want to write this book about my journey because I'm in no way out the other side as mm-hmm. in I'm a mother of a teenager it's all sorts of hell mm. but I am out that other side of those lovely baby years and 
I wanted to be a, to hold people's hands because it's so lonely. And when everyone else is getting pregnant and you're still not getting pregnant, it's. I mean, still, I get really emotional about mm. it because it's just so. It's just so raw. And I just thought if I can hold somebody's hand, if I can be that person that even though they've got friends and they've got family, if they've got somebody that they don't really know, but they vaguely know that has gone through it and they hear that they felt the same way, it does it does help you. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I've always felt that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So after IVF, you obviously, as you said, you adopted... Um, you did something called concur- concurrent care. Yes. Which is, I think, also known as foster to adopt now. Yes, foster to adopt early permanence care. Yeah, and how did you decide to, to do that? Because that's quite a kind of hairy yeah. situation, isn't it? It is. Um, I had met a wonderful woman called Mary mm-hmm. on my journey. Um, it's very funny when you suddenly go into dip your toe into that world of adoption. And it yeah. takes a long time to get to adoption. It wasn't something that I went... Well, the IVF didn't work when we're going to adopt. Yeah. It took a long, long time of thinking and sitting with it because it's a completely different thing. And it's not like it's, well, if you don't, if you don't get pregnant, then you're going to adopt. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. another a huge minefield. Um, but she had said to me, my friend Mary, who I'd met through somebody, through somebody, through somebody, mm-hmm. she had done it. And I thought she was an actress and her husband was an actor. And I thought, well, they can do it and yeah. they're normal. And mm-hmm. maybe I can do it. And also, I'd done so much looking at different ways of adoption, looking even at America where you can sort of pay $50,000 or whatever. You know, it's adopting, yeah. but it's weird. It's yeah. a slightly different world out there. And it didn't, it sits right with loads of people and it works for loads of people. And you know what? Sometimes you just go, I don't have judgment on anybody because yeah. you get your child the way you're meant to get your child. Yeah. But. This wasn't felt, right for you. No, it wasn't right for me. And it felt that I was ready to foster. And I thought, if if I've given this little child a bit of a stability until she can go back safely or whatever, then that's what I will do. I love that in the book, though. I love the fact that you go from this infertility, which, you know, as we said a couple of weeks ago, can be, can be quite self-absorbed. Yes. And then you move, you've, it's kind of like a different journey um, <laughs> where you suddenly realise, oh, this, is, this isn't this is about me, this is about this child. Yeah. Well, we, we sort of realised that I started asking myself, is it that I want to grow a baby or is it that I want to be a mother? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if it is that I want to be a mother, then I can move forward. If it's yeah. just that I want to grow a baby, I'm not, not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And once I realised that it was about mothering... It, and mothering is about looking after somebody. Yeah. It's actually taking all of you away. It's mm. not. It's completely selfless. Um, and once I'd got my head around that, then I thought to be able to foster and be able to look after a child that needs a home, that's mothering. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, it it fitted into place, but it's not for everyone. No. You know. It's, no. What's the kind of? I mean, you describe. It's not an easy journey. Um, what would you say is the hardest part? Because I know there's, you kind of struggle a little bit with the judgment of yeah. you know lots of different people trying to work out if you if you deserve to adopt. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's one scene where you describe 
there's a social worker coming over and you, you light some candles and then quickly blow them out because you're afraid that they'll be like, you know, that's a health and safety nightmare. Literally everything. I mean, you walk, walk once when the social worker ran my house, the first thing she said about the pond was because we had a tiny little pond. Oh, yeah. Well, that's got to go. And we, yes, yes, that's going to be made into a sandpit. You know, literally oh. every single thing. And yes, I'd lit candles and I thought, oh shit, she's just going to think that that's crazy. She's some mad candle lighting woman and the baby's going to, you know, I, everything, you know, photos going up the stairs, you could just see her looking. And I said, everything, we'll make sure it's baby proof. I said, but my nieces come round all the time. Yeah. So, you know, but you're desperately trying to prove that you can be a good mother, mm. you know, that you're a good parent, that you're, you're on it. And you go sort of, nobody else is on it. When they come home from hospital with a baby, they're just, they're left with it. Yeah. But obviously it's different and it is different for a reason. Um, And they have to make sure that these children are going to go to safe homes and parents that are going to be there. So I get it. I do understand. (laughs) Was there ever a time that you were worried about the foster to adopt side of things and that you might lose her after the uncertainty of infertility? Why did be. I do that? <laughs> yeah, it must be really hard. <laughs> but it worked out, I guess, you know, so it's yeah. like... You know, I had this note that I stuck on the fridge, which was just for today, just keep going. You know, there was things that just said, just for today, just remember today, and that whatever is meant to be will be. And I really, really felt that, and I it sounds ridiculous, and you go, well, what, every day you were fine with it. No. I was not fine with mm. it. But I knew I'd put myself up to do this and I had to rise to it and I had to put my big girl pants on yeah. and go, okay, <laughs> I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a there's also a bit where you describe once you get Billy, mm. um, you kind of go through a period where you're almost physically kind of stuck in one place. You're kind of struggling with the enormity of the situation. And I think it's important to admit it because I think when you're going through this process, you just think that it's all roses and you'll be absolutely fine as soon as you have a child. It was the, it was the hardest bit yeah. of the book that I had to write I because I wanted to write this story. And it was so, there's so many twists and turns of wanting a baby, of losing my mum, of all of this stuff that was pushing and pulling and all of this. And then I get my holy grail mm-hmm. at the end of it, except that then you you get what you want and it's terrifying yeah because then you have to step up to the plate mm. and i think that must be the same as going through rounds of ivf or going through trying to have a child and then or just getting pregnant naturally i'm sure is the mm. same thing you then come back from the hospital with a child and you go okay so now i've got to look after this child <laughs> and they've got to rely on me for everything and I was terrified that I wasn't going to be good enough. It was it was awful. And I think I just would hear her and I think, I can't get out of bed because I don't know if I can do it. And maybe I'm going to fail. And what if I fail? And my ex-husband um, was amazing. And he would get up and do the morning and then I'd sort myself out and I'd get through, you know, the rest of the day. Yeah. But there were, there was a rocky bit, a rocky patch, which I think people don't talk about and it was sort of it was hard it was hard but then um you you know I think quite near the beginning of the book you say that Billy has said to you aren't you glad that the IVF didn't work yeah 
I mean, th- there are going to be people listening to this who are, are having to accept that IVF isn't going to work for them. Yeah. Have you got any kind of any words of advice for them? I have. I've got two, and I'm going to go back to that bit where I said it was hard. Yeah. I, when I couldn't get up one morning, I had to get up for my girl, and she was doing round and round the garden again and again with me on her hands, on my hands. And you know, I think children are like cats. When cats know that you are not sure about them, they sort of want all of you. And and children are a bit like that. And yep. she just kept looking at me. And suddenly, and she put a dummy on my nose and she went again. And I went, oh gosh, that's it. I'm completely undone. <laughs> you, I am yours. That's it. Whatever happens, that's it. And that love... Was, I had no idea that, I, well, I did know it was there, but I had no idea how, once you let those floodgates open, yeah. that they open. So to go, th- to answer your question, that bit, it does happen, that you can get your happy ending. Yeah. That my daughter then saying to me, when, when I was telling her about the IVF, but she went, yeah, but aren't you pleased the IVF didn't work? Because otherwise you wouldn't have had me. And I went... <laughs> Do you know what, Billy? Yeah, I actually, I really, really am. And it was the first time I'd let myself think about it like mm. that because almost every month, and, and I'm not ashamed to say this, very honest to say, that up until probably about a year ago, I still think every month, oh, I could still get pregnant. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I yeah. never do. And I don't, I don't mind now. You know, yeah. I sort of still find... I will always see a bump and think, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. And I sort of am filled with this sort of weird feeling of mm. happy, but there is a uh, weirdness about it that I just, yeah. oh, it didn't happen to it. It's a sadness. But I have the most beautiful daughter who I, I will navigate through her teens mm-hmm. and help her out and help her understand her story. So, mm. And she's incredible. And, I mean, I learn from her every day. Mm. I learn so much from her and the being a mother those tiny little first days of birth actually you know what I am sad I missed them because I'm sad I didn't know her for that time but I have this I learn every day from her and Mm. she's I'm just so honoured that she's mine well that I'm her mum yeah. She doesn't belong to anybody. <laughs> There's a really beautiful quote, actually, that you say a couple of times in the book, um, that a snowflake never falls into the wrong place. Mm. I love that. I think it's a really beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. it's a little haiku or Zen proverb. And it, and I really think it sort of makes you realise that everything falls where it's meant to be. What a lovely note to end on. Yeah. Aww. Lisa, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And yeah. where, where can we buy the book? You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it in the WH Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, all bookshops, I think. Thank you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Now it's time for... IVF. What the F? What the F? Um, for the last time for a period of time. Oh my god. It's the last one for ages. It's relevant AF today. It is relevant AF. Because you are croaky Sue. <laughs> I have a cold. Um, <laughs> yes, and this... We're speaking to Press Tim about getting a cold during IVF. Yeah. Because... We've had a few people. A few people have written in to ask us about it because apparently it's quite a common thing. Yeah, I bet it is. Because I think your immune system is quite depleted when you are stimming going through the process. Yeah, so it's quite common for people to catch a cold. Stimming and what? Do, what do we call the second bit? Um, growing, and prepping, lying. prepping. Yeah, making the bed. Make. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and it you know, and obviously. When you're so focused on being as healthy as you possibly can and being the best possible host for this embryo, yeah. getting a cold is must be just like, for fuck's sake. But also it's really stressful, isn't it, that period of time? Yeah, of course. So you're probably like really worrying and feeling anxious about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you get a cold? No, but there were a couple of times, I think John got a cold before one of you my transfers. Be gone. And I was like, don't fucking come near me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are not even sharing a bed. Like, yeah, 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 fuck yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I think I got really angry with him because I was like, you're jeopardising this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably wasn't. I'm probably pr- fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mr. Gabby might have been a bit sick around that time as well and I was the same. And it was like January when I was stimming. Which is cold. T- cold cold time. central. Yeah. She says, sitting here in July with a fucking <laughs> cold. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, yeah. it's a real and present danger. Well, but is it? But is it? Let's see what That's the question. <laughs> so I suppose this question really depends on the severity that we're talking about. Um, in general, having uh, some, you know, an infection like the cold or flu during IVF is not going to be causing a problem. These... Um, bacteria or viruses aren't going to be affecting the pregnancy at all. Um, If you have the flu and you have a very high temperature around the time of embryo implantation, then that may not be ideal. Um, Whether it's worth actually freezing all of the embryos though and delaying everything purely because someone has the flu, I think would be questionable. And it really would depend on the severity. Uh, In general though, I have to say that 
these things are not going to be affecting the chance of an embryo reassuring. Certainly it's safe to take paracetamol. So paracetamol is a drug that can very successfully bring down temperature. So if you're feeling unwell in any way, you feel as though you want to have, you need to have some pain relief or control of temperature, then um, taking regular paracetamol can certainly help with that. But overall, I'd be very, very reassuring. Thanks, Professor Tim. See you in a while. doing this series oh, how are you oh my god <laughs> i've been emotional um i um well i'm not gonna lie i've not been great oh mate i've been sick you have been i've been like we last time we spoke was last sunday which was a week ago today mm-hmm. and i was sick and i am speaking to you now and i am sick that means I've had a cold for like a week and it's not been very pleasant. And on the bright side, you sound quite sexy and croaky. Do I? Mm, I've yeah. got like that um, Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, Phoebe Buffet croak. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember when you, you've had a couple of colds and have expressed to me during those colds how shit it is. And I've been like, come on, Emma, stop being so dramatic. Get over it. It's just a cold. And now I realise. It's, your, your body does not want to help you. Your body has got no fight. Your body has other priorities. Yeah. And I'm down with that. I would prefer my body protects the baby. Yeah. But I have been struggling. And also the whole thing of like, you're not taking anything either, which makes it way more unbearable than I would have thought. I didn't really ever think that Lemsick... Lemsip or Lemsick, that's what it should be called. <laughs> I didn't think it would do that much. I thought it was, you know, it was all right, it was nice, made you feel a little bit better. Yeah. But without it, <clears throat> it's really hard. So I've been, um, yeah, I've not been, I've not, I've not been sleeping very well, so I can't breathe through my nose. I, you know, l- the cold has now gone from my head to my kind of nose and throat, which is okay. good because yeah. when it was in my head, I couldn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, but I worked through it because I had a really busy week at work. So I was working from home all week, just like surrounded by tissues. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like on my desk, there's just like disgusting discarded tissues in a circle around my table. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. Delightful. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that. I'm not going to say any more about that because it's really boring. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm 20 weeks on Wednesday. Mate, that's so exciting. Which is like, yeah, it is really exciting. It feels like a big milestone. It's halfway. Yeah. Halfway there. I can't believe it. Um, my my scan, unfortunately, isn't until 21 weeks, which is a bit annoying. So I've got a week, oh, just over a week to wait for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's the anomaly scan, so it's quite nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, also quite desperate to go and have a look at the baby it i mean that is always quite nice isn't it yeah 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 um i'm at that point now where i would actually just go and pay for one if i wasn't gonna go and see it yeah definitely um but i interestingly went for lunch yesterday with a couple of friends of ours who are due a couple of weeks ahead of me they're two and a half weeks ahead of me oh wow um and they live down the road, which is all just very convenient. That is convenient, but you better not get a different baby friend. I know, right? No, she's my local baby friend. Whatever. You're my will travel for baby <laughs> friend, which is even better, you know? Um, 
And but she is at the she's at King's as well, and she had her scan, and she was telling me that. Um, which I don't know if you had this. Maybe I just don't know. Did they do dildo cam at twenty weeks to no. measure your cervix? No. So apparently, yeah, she was like, they do an internal scan, and I was like, oh, dildo cam. And she was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, great, my old friend. I think they they suggested they might do one if I was kind of vaguely at risk. So if you have had a, I can't remember the name of the procedure, but oh. it's a procedure, like a kind of cervical procedure. Yeah. Then they would they would check your cervix for incompetency, that lovely word. Yes. But mostly they don't. Oh, I think that's probably the case then. Mm. Because she's had a miscarriage before. So yeah, so that might be it. Oh, it means I don't get a dildo come. Oh, mate, you don't get that pleasure. Well, I just, I was quite... I was quite happy about it because she was saying that they measured her cervix to see to see its level of competency. Yeah. Lovely. Uh-huh. But equally, like, that's one of the things that I've been a bit kind of paranoid and worried about because yeah. who fucking knows how competent my cervix is? No, one no one's ever asked it before. Well, maybe you should give it a test. How? Like, I don't know, ask it some maths questions. Yeah. Um, you could request it, probably. Do you reckon? I would give it... I mean, there's no harm in it. Yeah. There? You could just be like, this is making me really anxious. Like, you know, you know a few people who've mm. lost babies through that. Yeah, because I do. Yeah. Like, through this podcast and through normal life. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, yeah, it's just quite, it's quite scary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, bloody balls. <laughs> I was well excited about that. Just going out, well, maybe they'll offer it to you as a matter of course. No, like, I don't think they will, because she did, she did mention, she was like, oh, I think something about risks, and I was like, mm. oh, yeah. Because mm. I've had colcoscopy before, and so they were, like, umming and ahhing about whether to give it to me, but decided not to. Mm. And then I spent... What's a colcoscopy? It's, like, a horrible vaginal thing. Yeah, they were umming and ahhing, and then they decided not to, so I spent my entire... 20 to 29 weeks in like actually no 20 to 25 weeks probably mm. just totally paranoid paranoid yeah about it oh fun times but anyway well we'll I'll see what they say maybe they'll give me one if I plead yeah paranoia yeah um, give it a go hey why not yeah why not try but again my scan is at 6 p.m which is very strange so I've got to go and do a day's work and then go for the scan, which I just would rather not. No, I can you know? understand that. Yeah. yeah. You want it out of the way. Exactly. Um, and in other news, I, um, I've i got this funny name thing at the moment, which I'm going to mention just because it's like, I'm sure that I am not alone it being like, thinking about baby names was one of my favourite things in the world. Prior to meeting my husband, even. Um, and then when I met my husband, it, I fucking loved talking to him about it and coming up with names and blah, 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 and isn't this great, la, la, la. And then obviously we had to stop doing that because it was upsetting. Yeah. Because there was no need for it to happen um, for such a long time. And all I wanted, like, that was one of the things about getting pregnant was like, I can think about baby names again. This yeah. is so great. Uh-huh. So excited. And we've just, I flummoxed. I can't think of any fucking baby names. <laughs> Like, I like it's a boy, so I've got some girls' names that I really like and, like, we both really like, and we just can't seem to come to an agreement on any boys' names. Well, mate, it's 2019. Just go for the girls' names. 
just pick it to go for the girl's Florence name. Florence is a lovely name for a boy. Yeah, but one of our girls' names is a boy's name. Oh, yeah. So we were doing it the other way around for that. So you can't flip it back, because then it's... Well, um, I refused to think about names at all until I was probably about 25 weeks pregnant. And then yeah. we just rowed for a really long time. Yeah. And we finally got a couple of names. Lol. Um, I just find it quite hilarious that it's the thing that, you know, other than buying baby clothes, which obviously we've spoken about as well, yeah. um, is the thing that I was just like really couldn't wait to do. And now I'm here and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. The reality is hard because it's a human. Yeah. And it's it, like, it's a it's a little boy. It's a, firstly, it's a baby. Then it's a little boy. Then it's a man. And you have to give all those people a name. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. You have to think I mean? about all of their what could potentially happen in their lives that, yeah. that would be impacted by their name. You have to, like, think of the kind of man you want to raise. Yeah. That's fucking hard, it's isn't weird. it? It's weird. Yeah. Because our girl's name was Coco for ages. Love and, it. But then, I, I've, I, you know, now that we are pregnant, it wasn't one of our girl's names because you think, well, what if, you know, what if that's too silly a name? What if she's trying to be a lawyer and the fact that her name's Coco holds her back? Yeah, but it's a cool name. John has a thing about like really cool names. Like he he likes cool names. Well, he just or jazzy names, um, because he reckons that if you have like quite a strong jazzy memorable name, like you'll get further in life. Well, my husband has quite a jazzy name. He does. It's not normal. No, but because of his not normal name, he's kind of anti jazzy names because he's like his whole life his his name has been basically just him explaining his name. Like, he can't just say his name and let that be that. He has to then go through the rigmarole of explaining where it came from. And so, yeah, he's kind of like, I would like a normal, like, not normal normal. He's happy for it to be a bit different, but not something that isn't a name. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, if it's a boy, my kid is going to have the same deal. Yeah, but I think that's fine, man. Like, my husband has got through, like, you know, I think his name is cool. He's got a great name. I wouldn't have married him if his name was something else. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Well, like John. (laughs) <laughs> that's, yeah there you go that's not true <laughs> anyway yeah sorry about the yeah I just it's been it's just been quite amusing because of the whole so spending so long to be so desperate to do this and now yeah. I'm like it's not really working out but that's what happens I feel like the reality of achieving this thing that you've been trying to so hard to achieve is you actually encounter exactly the same problems as everyone else yeah and you know I'm like i I've always joked that having four years to think about baby names has, like, caused me to think about batshit crazy baby names. Mm. Um, and has given us too, time to th- too much time. Yeah. And, but actually, I really, I've only been thinking about it, like, the last three months. Yeah. Because I kind of ban- banished myself. Although, you know, as you're walking around, you, like, hear a name and you're like, oh, that's mm. cute. Mm, that's and it just goes, one. like, yeah. it goes in the finding cabinet, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, yeah. a running list. I mean, you know, I hasten to add, this isn't a problem. Like, it's not a big problem. It's yeah. just a kind of... I'm just finding it amusing because of because of my history. I think it's just the same. It's it's what John said to me that time. You're not special. You're going to have the same problems as everyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, even though, like, an IVF pregnancy makes you feel like you're different and a bit of an outsider and a bit of an imposter, like, actually, we're just the same. Mm. Mm. Yeah, totally. And I've, st- oh, I mean, speaking of imposter, I've still got imposter syndrome with my bump. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Well, you do have a very flat tummy. 
<laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> but then it's funny, like when I'm, you know, if I'm at home, like, you know, in my pants and a t-shirt or whatever, I look dead pregnant. But then the minute I put clothes on and go out, yeah. I just don't look that pregnant. And the the friends that we met yesterday, um, uh, the girl is, yeah, two and a half weeks ahead of me. But she's 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 shorter than me. Yeah. And so I think when you're shorter, the bump kind of... It's got nowhere else to go, is it? Yeah. It kind of pops out a bit sooner. So is she looking so she looks kind of, Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> what if it's... Why do I not look pregnant? See, my friend who um, was a very similar level to me like she was she was two four weeks ahead of me but now she's about to go past 41 weeks so oh hello catching yeah she's, yeah. Um, she's getting close to yeah, you by the second. um she it, she's really 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 sporty and really active mm. and has basically abs of steel so she always she had a really small bump as well even though she's like a bit shorter than me so i always felt better when i saw her because i was oh, like yeah we're the same it's quite hard, weird, bump envy. It's very mm. strange. It's very strange. Is it, is it envy or is it just comparison? Yeah, yeah, it's not... Well, envy is part of it, but it starts with... I think it comes from a place of, I want to look and be as healthy as possible in this pregnancy. And, and you know, it feels like if someone else has got a big bump and I haven't, what's wrong? Yeah. Is my thinking, do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like instantly like, oh, why, why not? Um, but then, yeah, it does become envy because you're like, mm, I just like, would like to... Have a little, little rotund bump. Yeah. Just, to, just so people acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just got on the tube and nobody stood up for me. I didn't have my badge on and I couldn't really be asked. And I'm kind of fine to stand up, so it's okay. But like <laughs> equally, I was like, you know, if I had a big bump, people would jump up. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. Right. Um, I'm going to stop waffling now. But it's the last one, so I was it's like, I may as well waffle. get it all out. What, how else are we going to do this? Mate, do you have any final thoughts on this, this series of the podcast? Oh my god. I just, I, it's just, I mean, we'll talk about this at the top probably, but it's just so loaded with emotion. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay, fine. Um, how are you? Well, I've had quite a dramatic week, actually. Holy shit. And I've been waffling on about <laughs> jack shit, complaining about my cold, and you've got drama. I've, I've got a bit of drama. So I've had, um... So I'm 37 weeks now. Mm. I am officially full term. If this baby... Cooked? If this baby is cooked. The oven has not binged yet, but it could at any second. Mm. Um, so I had two appointments this week, actually. The first one was a midwife appointment. Yeah. And the second one was a doctor's appointment. Okay. Um, the midwife appointment, I went in and it was like quite a hot day it was like 30 it wasn't the hot day it was like the day before the hot day okay which was hot it was just hot and i'd walked there from the tube and it was really like yeah it was long <laughs> um and i was slow and i got there and she was like um just measuring and doing all the stuff mm. and just like final conversations about birth and mm. things like that and then um, and she was like and what about movement how's movement been and i was like Actually, today it's been a bit slow. Like, I haven't felt it as much as usual. I was like, I've had a tiny bit of spotting, which I've talked about on the podcast a little bit before. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has been a little bit slower than I'd have expected today. Mm. And and I was trying to, like, play it down because I know that I have this... I, I get anxious so easily. Yeah. That I was just like, you know, I haven't, like, sat down and 
So what I'd normally do is if I think that I'm getting reduced movement, the first thing I do is open this app that I've got. Yeah. And it's got a big <clears throat> pink button on it. And when you, whenever you feel a kick, you press the button. And if you get 10 kicks in two hours, it's fine. Right. Like everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and if you speak to a midwife, they'll say, actually, 10 kicks in two hours, like kick counting isn't really a thing. What you should really do is just make sure it's the same pattern as usual. Mm. But I just find that it reassures me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but I hadn't sat down and done that. So I was like reluctant to kind of play it up. But um, she was like, right, I want you to go for monitoring. Whoa. So I went for, I basically ended up um, sitting on a chair, like in the triage part of the labour ward, but it was really quiet. There was no one there. So it was me and two midwives, like having a massive chat, that was quite nice. which was quite fun for 20 minutes while they just measured the baby's movements and the movements are fine and everything was fine. Um, so I just went home and was like, it's chilled. How do they measure the movements? So what they do is they strap two monitors around you. One of them measures the baby's heart rate mm-hmm. and one of them measures the movements. I think I've got that right. Any midwives who want to who wanna counter that, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and you're just sat there and it's really chilled and they bought me a glass of water and the aircon was cranked up to the max. And it, I was just like having a nice time and I was like quite relaxed about it. Mm-hmm. And they were like... The only thing was that they were like, so is this is this normal for the baby, like for your baby? Like, does it is it moving the same amount as normal? And I was like, no, that's why I'm here. Mm. <laughs> but and then so they weren't like, even though they the printout that they give you like shows all the movements, they didn't like. I didn't feel a hundred percent reassured afterwards. Right, so okay. the next day I was a bit like, mm, what's happening? Anyway, from that appointment. I booked an appointment to see a doctor about um, an induction because I've talked about the Notting Hill Carnival conundrum before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, I've ummed and ahed about whether to do it. I could go down to Margate. I could try and have the baby there mm. over that weekend. But I just decided, like, I'm quite uncomfortable at the moment. Um, I just, I think I just want to know that there is a date that it could come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know that I'm not going to have to panic about the carnival thing and mm-hmm. I want to just be able to relax a bit. So I, I kind of understand her. you not wanting to go down to Margate to give birth either because yeah. this, is, this is your home. This, this is, is where exactly. you're most comfortable. You don't want to go and... I mean, you're, yeah. Margate's lovely, but it's, you'll be more comfortable here. I'd be, I'd be more comfortable. Like, that house is still a building site, like a real mm. building site. Um, I just think... I'd rather have it here and I've been you know I know this hospital so well I've had so many procedures done there mm-hmm. over the years so I I just I went to see the doctor and I, you know I went in quite open-minded I was like you know if she wants to talk me out of it then we'll have that conversation yeah. but I just feel felt like I hadn't really been taken seriously by midwives that I'd mentioned it to yeah. they've been a bit like oh don't worry about it just relax mm-hmm. you know how I feel about being told friend. yeah so I basically um just went in to see the doctor and they when you go for a antenatal appointment they always make you do a urine sample before so i went and did the urine sample and so wiped loads of really bright red fresh blood oh, and i was great. like what the fuck obviously heart rate yeah. goes up suddenly start imagining all these awful things happening has it moved as much well we had the reduced movement the other day like, didn't oh, move that God. much yesterday. Oh, that's horrible. And this was on the hottest day of the year oh. as well. 
So I'm sitting there like sweating in the waiting room, like wondering what's happening, freaking out, thinking about all these baby clothes that we've bought and that they're at home and that I'm going to have to like go home and get rid of them and look at them and cry and stuff. Mm. Everything kind of flashes before your eyes. Yeah, 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 I imagine. It was just like I've... I've been quite chilled recently, but the anxiety just came back straight back. Like, all the anxiety was just, like, whoosh, yeah. back on me. So I went into the appointment, and I'm, it was a really nice, like, doctor who's probably about my age. And I was like, I've come in to talk about induction, but I've just had a bleed. And she was like, okay, on the bed. And there and then, she did a scan because um, she had a little ultrasound machine she did a cervical examination she did um, like a speculum thing Ooh. and she just like did the whole thing and then she was like and I want you to go and do monitoring again and I was like but I did it on Tuesday she was like no do it again oh wow so she was like just so on it and I, I love really yeah. appreciated it yeah, yeah yeah so basically what she said was that it was probably my old mate the friable cervix hello and she like had a really good prod of my cervix uncomfortable Mm. i thought i was quite badass about that kind of thing i've never had my cervix prodded i don't Mm. think it's quite intense Mm. um and she was like to be honest your cervix is really soft so and i was like what does that mean she was like that means that labor is like on its way shit off so we we booked the induction and she was like, look, you've got a really good reason for wanting it. Mm. She was like, "This, it's not a stupid reason at all. I can completely understand why you would want it. And then she said, and this made me feel really good, because um, because the, the um, what's the word that I'm looking for? The dialogue about induction is induction is evil. Like mm-hmm. the N- NCT session that we did on induction was just like, it's the worst thing ever, never do it. Yeah. I've been really like feeling a bit silly for wanting it. Right. But um, she said, if I was having a baby, I would be induced at 40 weeks. And she was like, I just see people come in after that with stillbirths quite a lot. Oh, God. Not quite a lot, obviously. Like, it's very But she's seen it. But she's seen it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not scaring people who go beyond 40 weeks. But she... That, for me, I found it really reassuring. Yeah. Because I've... I've kind of... Like, well, the midwives that I've spoken to have made me feel a bit silly for wanting it. Mm. So it just made me feel really like, oh, I I am doing not the right thing, but a right thing. Like, mm. it's reasonable for me to want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we booked it in for my actual due date. Wow. Which is really cool. But she was like, to be honest, I don't think you'll need it. Also cool. Also cool. So... Because your cervix is soft. My cervix is soft. That's so exciting. So, and like obviously you go home, and I, obviously firstly I was like, so how long after you get a soft cervix can I expect it? And she was like, it's very difficult to tell. And I was like, go on, give me a ballpark. Go on, and, go on, go on, give it a go. Go on. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't be moved. She wouldn't know. Oh. Um, so I went home and Googled it. And um, Well, I can imagine why she wouldn't though, because yeah, if course. you went past that, you'd be like, something's wrong, you said three days and yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> um so, like, Google suggested kind of one to two weeks. One to two? Yeah, so... Um, Fuck me. Yeah, and I, I've been having, like, a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, and I've been having, like, some that are a bit crampy and painful. Mm-hmm. But it's really funny, because every time I say I'm having a contraction, John's like, time it, start timing it! Like that. But, um, no, they're just all... They're just, you know, yeah. 
but it's definitely also the funny thing that I've had recently has been like a sense of something impending oh just like I've definitely had a feeling that something's coming and it's probably completely psychological that's so funny but I've had like a couple of evenings where I've been like something's coming yeah yeah something is coming well yeah it is we know that yeah but it's just been really like yeah that's quite nice seem weird yeah but I don't know if that's just my like so fucking hell a week to two weeks a week would take us to Thursday yeah Holy But it's, I mean, it's impossible to tell, isn't it? Like, who knows? Are you going to tell your Instagram followers when you go into labour? I don't know. Are you going to tell me? Yeah. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know, like, how much. The thing is that um, I'm going to probably not post pictures of the baby that much. A, because most of my followers are from the TTC community. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Secondly, because... I I've always been like a massive social media nerd. Mm. John is not; he doesn't really have any any social media accounts yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I probably won't post loads of pictures of it. Like I'll, I'll post a picture when it's born, but other than that, I'll probably at least like put emojis over its face and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> as people do. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I I just don't think I'll be sharing an awful lot of pictures of it. You're not going to start spamming everyone. No, that's, I'm gonna try to avoid the baby spam that said one of my friends said that and then within a week she was posting millions of pictures because um she said she was bored <laughs> yeah i think it's um it, it probably hits you when you don't expect it right? yeah and and you you must be so proud of this thing that you've created yeah oh, totally that um so your self-edit filter yeah goes exactly. out the window, probably <laughs> i'm i'm gonna try not to and that's partly out of respect for john and the fact that he's not like i think that makes sense a big social yeah. media fan yeah but um yeah, it's just. I mean, this is our last dispatch. It is. Um, and it feels like things are like the journey is ending. The journey is certainly ending for you. Yeah, it feels like the journey is is finally drawing to a close, and that's so. I mean, we started trying for a baby in October twenty fifteen. And it's now August 2019, so that's nearly four years. Mm, it's long enough, mate. And fuck me, it's been just long. Yeah. I just, like, this is the thing. And it's so funny looking back over it, because I think about things like every time a doctor said, oh, it's only a couple of months. And I was like, are you are you kidding me? Like, a couple of months? And just getting obsessed with the mm, times. Mm. Like, I was, you know, you guys have just heard our interview with Lisa, and one of the things that we talk about is the amount of time that you're kind of waiting and mm. the, the feeling of the clock ticking. Yeah. And it's been so nice not to have that over my head recently. But I I keep thinking about, like, would I want to do it again? You know, and we, John and I have been having this funny discussion of, you know, the pram that we bought, we bought because you can put, a, like, another seat on it and, mm-hmm. and it becomes a kind of double buggy. Um... But do we realistically want to do that? Do we want to put ourselves through it all again? Like, I don't know. Mm. But then I would like, you know, I love having a brother and a sister. So would I want to not at least try to give my kid? I, I just don't yeah. know. <clears throat> it's hard. It's a tough one. Yeah. I've got the same, the same, I guess, issue. Yeah. But I... I'm an only child, or was until I was 12. Yeah, you <clears throat> so were. Both my parents have had children with other partners. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, sure, there were times in my life where I would have really quite liked a sibling. But I'm not fucked up. You're not. You're you're a nice person. I'm genuinely quite a nice person. You're good at sharing. You bought me coffee this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. You know, sometimes with food, I'm a bit funny about sharing, but like mostly, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I was well socialised as a kid. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think I w- I don't think that not having a second child fucks them up. No, I don't think it does like, either. I don't, and some people say that, and it really annoys me. And it must. Um, and I. <laughs> I'm like, but look at me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Don't feel bad if that's the decision that you do come to. Well, it could be a decision, or it could be just what happens. Well, what happens? You know? Yeah, exactly. I suppose that's and that's the reality for a lot of people that we know. And a lot of our listeners as well. Like... Yeah, and I think, and I think, yeah, the the narrative that you must have two or three or whatever is just it's quite damaging. I think. I think. Yeah. You know, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. We're kind of thinking that we might just. We might not go through IVF again. We might just see if it happens, which yeah. I doubt it will. I don't know. That could completely change. But, you know, when you've got three Frosties in the fucking freezer, yeah. it's quite hard to, to say categorically that I'll never use them. That was the one thing about the doctor the other day. She was like, I was like, the one good thing about this situation is that I don't have to think about contraception afterwards. And she was like, well, you never know. You don't know how many people that happens to. Like, uh, all... And I was like, not no. Not you too, doctor. I was like, no, I, I don't have any fallopian tubes. She was like, oh, oh right. Oh, I suppose, yeah. yeah that's, like that. that's medical impossibility, mate. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's funny that this, this particular leg of the journey. Yes. The journey journey is coming to an end and it's coming to an end for you and for the podcast for the podcast and there will be another i've got three embryos there'll be a whole lot more series to go in those (laughs) there's plenty more drama but and you know we we've mentioned that we're gonna hopefully get other people on but it's just yeah it's it's a funny old feeling it is a funny old feeling it's a mixed, weird feeling. Before you stop, though, I've got something for you. What? Yeah. I haven't got your 20-week present. That's all right. Why have you got me a present? I've got you a little present. Hey. Which, on what? reflection, it could be actually quite shit. <laughs> and it also might be too little too late. However, I'm, hey. going, to give it, I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's, lo- it's beautifully wrapped in a... In, oh, it's heavy. <laughs> Soft and heavy. Yeah, I mean, it might be shit. I, I don't know. I, was... I love this new present thing. That we've got it's great, isn't it? Oh. What is it? <laughs> it's cold therapy sock. Yes, is it is. Is that for when it's really hot? It's for your ankles. Oh, mate, for my <laughs> poor ankle. Thank you. I need these. I don't, oh, yeah, but I'm like, is it? T- it's too late now. She's almost going to have the baby. It's too late. I'm going to have a. I've got ankle issues still. And also, I love... So they've got, like, um, cool, like, gel inserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So presumably you put the gel in the... Freezer, I think. Oh, mate. And then pop the socks on. This weather. <laughs> I mean... it was. So I wanted to get you something for your for your ankles. Mm. Um, because I know it's a huge problem. <laughs> it's a constant issue. <laughs> And I was going to get you this other, this cream stuff. But then I saw those and I was like, actually, I think they, you know, I don't know. I don't know. 
Mate, I'm going you know, to we'll put those to great use. Oh, also, I keep having hot flashes at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I keep getting really, really, really hot. And just being like, oh, so those will help with that. Well. Hopefully, yeah. That's like putting your feet in um in like a water bath. I mean, mm. Icy water bath. That's going to be lush. Thanks, yeah, mate. That's, really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> you are welcome. I'll make sure I get you something equal, equally <laughs> useful for your 20-week present. Oh, you don't have to get me anything, mate. You've got me enough. There's loads coming. Anyway... Um, it's been nice doing this with you. It has. It's been very nice. Oh. But we'll be back. We will be back. We probably won't be talking about our babies. No. Ever. No. No. If you want to find out about them, follow us on social media and you'll see one picture. <laughs> I probably won't be as reserved as you. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Feel free to follow me. Should, should I get that far? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been emotional. It has been. Love you. Me too. <laughs> uh, that's it. That is it. That's it for a series. That is it for the series. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it for the podcast. It's not it for the podcast. But it is a break. It's a break, guys. Yeah. It's a break. And, you know, as we said at the top, good luck to everyone that's still going through it. And we are rooting for you and thinking of you. And it's going to be okay. And we love you. And we love you very much. Um, Please follow us on social media because that is where you will hear our updates. We've got a couple of exciting projects coming up, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, And just look after each other. Yeah, take care, guys. We love you all. We love you. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.